Welcome, everybody, to This Podcast Has Autism. I hope you enjoy the show. Good day, everyone. I'm Bran, one of the hosts for the show. Also hosting with me is my wife, Marcy. Hello. Today's topic is sensory processing disorder. We chose this topic because along with autism, lots of people have other issues. This is just one of those issues. Our son, Elib, was diagnosed with sensory processing disorder before he was ever diagnosed with autism. So I threw myself into research about sensory processing disorder, or also called SPD, to try to understand my child. I read some great books, including this one I'll quote from, to try to figure out how my child thinks and or feels. The book is called Sensational Kids, Hope and Help for Children with Sensory Processing Disorder by Lucy Jane Miller, Ph.D. OTR. So on page four, she writes, Sensory processing is a term that refers to the way the nervous system receives sensory messages and turns them into responses. All of us are constantly managing sensory messages. Sight, sound, touch, taste, smell, the five familiar senses that let us hear the clock ticking in the background, feel the breeze blowing in the window, smell the cookies baking in the oven, come instantly to mind, but we're also constantly managing sensory messages from two less familiar sensory sources, sometimes called the hidden senses, the proprioceptive and vestibular senses give us our perceptions of speed, movement, pressure on our joints and muscles, and the position of our bodies. Elib is often tripping over air or he has trouble with multi-step directions and needs you to repeat them over and over for him to keep them in his short-term memory. Usually I'll have to break up my directions into single commands until he finishes a task and then give him the next command. Our son is also a messy eater and he eats very fast. He often can't tell when food is too hot to eat, so he eats it anyway, even when the rest of us are blowing on our food to cool it down. Sometimes he has meltdowns when he can't do something properly, such as something very simple like holding cards in his hand when we are playing a card game, or organizing a board game that he really wants to play. Occupational therapy can be a good treatment for sensory processing disorder. When people hug Elib, he thinks the hug is too tight and overreacts, saying things like, I have to go to the bathroom, or my stomach hurts, when really, I think it's the fact that he doesn't know the difference between the tightness of a hug or the sensation of a hurt tummy, or the sensation of the need to use the restroom. Our son has sensory processing disorder and autism, but he's just one child on the spectrum. Everyone is different. Now for an interview. So today we have Kielli, and she is a Zubini instructor. Kielli. Hi, I am a Zubini instructor, licensed, and I own a business called Musical Movements. Uh, can you tell us what Zumbini's about? Yeah, Zumbini is created by Zumba and Baby First. It's a early child development class for kids. It's a music movement class for kids zero to four um, with a caregiver, and it usually lasts about 45 minutes for once a week. And sessions can be from six weeks to eight weeks long. Oh, wow, that's cool. So is Zoom, what's the difference between Zumbini and Zuba? Zumba is like a workout dance exercise class, where Zumbini is more of a child development class. We do music with dancing and instruments. We play with bells and sticks and drums. We dance with scarves. We do a sit and sing. And it's just more about the child, not necessarily about exercising. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, Can anybody take Zumbini, or is it mainly for, like, younger children? 
Zoom Beanie is for kids zero to four, mainly. Sometimes kids will have siblings come in and just help as a little bit of support to help them develop and learn through the class. But zero to four is primarily the ages we oh, use. Oh, okay. Uh, what typically goes on in the class room? Yeah, in a class, we have a set schedule. We'll start out with a dance and go into a welcome song, go into sit and sing some instruments, and then give them free time to dance and free time to play with whatever instruments they want to. And then we go back into a sit and sing and then a lullaby and then finish with a goodbye song. And we just keep the schedule of the class the same every single time so they get in that repetition of what's going to happen. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I watched some of your YouTube videos, and they're really cute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why did uh, you get into Zoom Beanie? I am a dancer, and I wanted to find a way to incorporate dance with my job, but I also really love kids. So this way I get the best of both worlds. I get to be with kids and help them develop, and then I also get to dance around and have fun with it. Uh, why do you like, uh, oh, what do you like most about uh, Zoom Beanie? Like being in, like, what do you like most about being an instructor? Sorry. I love watching the kids develop. Um, the first few times, they don't understand what's going on in the class. They're new to it, and sometimes they're a bit shy, or they don't understand why you're taking the drum away so soon. And But by the, you know, halfway through the session, they start to get in that repetition where they're like, oh, we're taking the drums away, but we're going to bring out scarfs next. And they start to understand the way the class flows, and then they start to catch on to things like last week my brother learned um, we do this breathing exercise where I say, okay, touch your nose and breathe in. And he came up to me and he touched my nose right before I even started that. <laughs> so he was all ready for it. And it's awesome when they catch on and learn. What health benefits do you get from it? There are a lot of benefits. Um, for the children, some of the benefits include emotional development through moving, dancing, filling, and singing. They also strengthen the bond between the child and parent with the quality of time, um, the 45 minutes, you know. Um, then there's enhancing cognitive skills, and it stimulates both sides of their brain through the class. Um, balance and rhythm, and they enhance motor skills to learn to move to the beat. And then they also develop social skills um, by interacting with the other kids, the other parents, and, you know, the parent and the child together. So what sort of training does a Zumbini instructor have? Yeah, we have like a two-day training. Um, it's very simple, but they go into a lot, like go very in-depth. The whole day you just learn. You're reading and learning how to create a class, how to develop a dance, how to sing the songs, how to engage with the kids. And then at the end of the training, we all sit together and we come up with a chant or a sit and sing song and then we do it in front of all the other people who are training and to be licensed as a Zumbini instructor. Oh, wow. Do you have to like like take more classes and learn new stuff? Um, no, it's just a one-time training. Oh, okay. Although they did add a new training which is more for preschool. This is more of a uh, parent and child bonding. Okay. But they did create another one where you can do it at a preschool where you don't have the parent around. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so what's the worst thing and the best thing about being an instructor? I think the worst thing about being an instructor sometimes is you don't know what to expect with kids. Sometimes they do 
things that you're not expecting. One time I left the drums open and then they all just decided to take all the drums out. So you always have to be watching the kids, keeping on your toes, making sure they're not getting into things when you don't want them to. Because the whole point of the class, we don't want to sit there and say no. So I need to make sure that I am providing an environment where I don't have to keep saying no to them. Yeah. Um, But the best thing about it, I would just have to say, is just watching them learn, watching them develop and grow throughout the class and the session. It just, it's so great to be a part of that. How do you go about involving the family members in the children's treatment? Um, I love to get the parents involved. Sometimes I will cue the parents and just, like, give them a little nudge because they're sometimes kind of shy to the class environment as well as the kids. So I will kind of interact with the kids, with the parents, and kind of give them an example of how to interact with their kids during the class. Wow. How, how does Zumbini help, like, kids with autism or other special need kids? Yeah, I think it gives them an environment where they can feel safe and free to explore without being told no all the time. My brother is three years old, and he is diagnosed with autism. So I know at home there's a lot of times where we're like, don't do that, don't do that, because we don't want him to get hurt or something. In class, we provide an environment where we don't have to keep saying no. He can explore. If he wants to stand on the drums, he can stand on them. If he wants to hit the egg shakers on the ground, he can do that. Or if he wants to do his own thing, he can do that. We're not going to sit there and tell him no. Unless he's harming himself or another person, then we'll step in. But for the most part, we want an open and free environment to explore. And it gives him, you know, just room to really grow himself and learn by himself and with with other people as well with you know whatever he feels like that day how new is zoom beanie um zoom beanie is very uh fairly recent um it started uh, i believe about five years ago oh okay wow that's pretty new yeah yeah but it's barely coming into salt lake i am actually one of the first uh licensed zoom beanie instructors in salt lake right oh, now oh wow yeah, there's another instructor in Provo, but it's growing. We have more trainings coming to Utah. Okay. And then, like, what about, like, like in, throughout the U.S.? Is, is it throughout the whole U.S.? Yeah, there are multiple other other trainers in the U.S. throughout other states. If you go to zoombeanie.com, you can actually locate all the trainers and instructors and where they're located, their schedules, everything. And you can find free demos. You can find sessions, everything on their website. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, anything else you want to say? Um, I think it's just, with my brother, I've watched him do speech therapy, and I think it's just great that I can, I have a place where I can incorporate what he does in speech therapy into my classes. Oh, wow. And not only does it help him with his autism, but it helps the other kids developing, because they're, you know, they're young ages, zero to four, so they're all learning. And so just adding a little bit of sign language here and there, they all just catch on it really fast. Or saying their name, it just it brings a smile to their face, and they light up when you say it, and they recognize it, you know. Um, and I know when my brother, when we say his name, he'll start making eye contact, and that's a big thing with autism is eye oh, contact. Yeah, yeah. So seeing that eye contact is just great. And I have a video on my website of him playing the drums, and that was one of the first few times he started making eye contact. He started playing the drums, and then he wanted to follow exactly what I was doing on the drums. And you can see in the video he's making eye contact with me, and it's just, it's wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, do you have a website or, or something? Yeah, my website is musicalmovements.com, but it's with a Z. So M-U-Z-I-C-A-L-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T-Z.com. So musicalmovements.com.
Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So now it's time to announce our giveaway winners. And the first winner is M. Hall from Twitter. And the second winner is Marnie Bushman from Facebook. Thanks, everyone, for participating in our second giveaway. That's it for this episode. Until next time.